0: Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's David Simone. Riding just the two of us this week. After a, uh, a glorious Saturday in South Bend. How did the rest of the night go in South Bend, Dave? It went well.
1: I, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like a, a little bit that I, I let the people down. You know, with, with the Dave After Dark. I've got heard this, a few
0: people. I talked to a few people that I've, were disappointed.
1: And I've gotten a few as well. Like what what happened? What happened? And I, I would say three three things. Three things. Not excuses, just three things. Obviously, the not no beer at the stadium. Huge huge detriment to the Dave After Dark. I mean, the game started at 230. We went in at two. By the time it was over, you know, we hung around a little bit because things went so well. About a mile walk back to the house.
0: That's what did it.
1: I'm not in, you know, game shape, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, But so, you know, say I got back when we talked, it was like probably what, like seven. And I said, you know, give me till like 8, 8, 30. So five hours of no drinking, and then the walk, yeah, I, I, was, I was kind of kind of pooped. I needed to, to get some more beers going than me. Um, so the, the no beers, the walk, and then I, I think the main reason this is so different than UCLA especially and SMU a little bit, not that we didn't think we'd beat SMU, it was more how it was done was that I totally expected this. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how wild and crazy and, you know, you get when something that you thought was going to happen pretty much played out exactly like you thought.
0: That's fair. That's fair. We'll get, uh, we'll get touch on some – put some, some final touches on Notre Dame as we, uh, as we get into this thing. I don't know how long we, we got in us tonight, Dave, because I Temple, I don't have a lot to, like, at least initially, I don't have a lot to say about Temple. I know you've probably done your deep dive on, in the numbers, and then we'll get into that. But um, first off, thanks to everybody that came out to the Holy Grail. Another outstanding Holy Grail BCJ watch party. Not going to lie, obviously having Tony there this year kicks it up a notch uh you you can tell the fans really love like having tony around and being able to interact with him and high five him when things go well and uh des ritter made some tony pike throws in that game where t- you look, I looked over at tony and tony kind of raised his eyebrows like yeah yeah that one that one was a good one um so it was uh it was a great time we will uh we'll be back there in a couple weeks um, I think we're going to, I think the, I know this has been kind of drug out and I think we're going to debut the <clears throat> Mio's watch party, uh, for UCF or the Mio's pregame show for pre-game UCF. Show? Yeah. For UCF. Um,
1: right, so just right a lot, lot of early.
0: Yeah. It's just been a lot of logistical issues and personal issues. and
1: No, you things that have, tell me you've, you've had a lot going on outside of uh the bearcat journal world
0: today was the best day we've had in (laughs) a long time i just uh, you know we didn't get the house uh somebody else bought the house which was unfortunate yesterday but uh he agreed to work with us uh so we're we're stable for the time being i think having that worry off of our minds was nice kelly didn't have any treatments today so we actually like just had a day to run some errands and catch up on some things and like spend some time together for the first time in a month that didn't involve a hospital bed. Uh, so it was really good. And Dave, I, I, I found... F- the- I saw. Oh, my.
1: I saw. And I mean... Oh,
0: my. Oh, my. It was the best chicken parm sandwich I've ever had. It might have been... The best chicken parm I've ever had. Like, if you just put like a little dollop of spaghetti with some sauce on it next to it, I'd have paid twenty five dollars. That's how good it was.
1: How was the it, How was the bread? Because it's, it's not a, well. Not it's a, a traditional like
0: no, it's not way to but serve it
1: was, a chicken parm
0: sandwich. But it was delightful. Was so it like it's a with a focaccia roll or no? It was it was a bun, just a straight sesame seed bun. And I was worried that it wouldn't hold up, but but so that's the thing. So we're talking about Bread Bar, which is uh, it's in Western Hills. It's right if you get off the MLK exit, you go the opposite way of uh, campus. Campus. You turn right on Gilbert, and it's right there. And it was unbelievable. It's a uh, have you heard of Jiminetti? yes it's Jim and Eddie
1: okay
0: it's there it's that they just turned the bakery into like a little restaurant in the front of house so it's home like it's fresh jiminetti baked bread that it's on and it was unbelievable unbelievable you know it's it's really hard to get that perfect like crunch on the outside without it getting too like overdone and the, well, sure. like there's a there's a very fine line with Chicken Farm on getting it right. Oh, they got it right. Oh, they got it right, my friend.
1: And I have to add that one to the, to the list.
0: That was, that, that was a Dan Hoard recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan, you know, Dan and I are both foodies, and we go back and forth on when we find something new. And uh, Dan sent me that one before Kelly went into the hospital. And it was high on the list at that point. Did you get the text I just sent you? I did. You see that? that?
1: that look, that's quite a, That is quite a slice of mozzarella.
0: That's a turkey pesto on focaccia with a giant chunk of mozzarella in the <laughs> middle of it. And Kelly said it's one of the best sandwiches she's ever had.
1: It looks delightful.
0: So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bread bar. Western Hills. Go. Like, ASAP. ASAP, and uh, you know we, we went to Family Market and did a little grocery shopping and stopped and got some gelato because Kelly wanted some sweets because she hasn't really had sweets uh, in a month and it was a delightful day it was a it was a delightful day
1: um, it was much
0: needed yeah absolutely it was much needed so yeah that's me today and uh, now we're we're here rocking this podcast and then. When this podcast is done, I'm gonna hop on another podcast and make a big announcement. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Make a big announcement on the other podcast and uh, breaking. We op- we 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 started our brand new board today. The banks is now officially open at BearcatJournal.com. The off-topic board, Bengals, Reds, whatever you want to talk about, and uh, except politics, food. Food. Lots of food. I'm sure we're going to talk lots of food in there. So that's kind of where we're at. That's a, a, the State of the Union for me and for Bearcat Journal. Um, but uh, let's get to some football. Shall we let's, get to some football?
1: You know I'm always down to get to some football.
0: Uh, you've had a couple days to digest things now. How sick of the narrative did you get as we've gotten farther and farther away from this game, because the whining and the excuses from Notre Dame, like, I guess I should have expected it. But I just want to say, I want to say this to Notre Dame fans. Where were you better? Like, where were you better than Cincinnati? Like, Kyle Hamilton's great, but guess what? Kyle Hamilton didn't have a great game. He had what? The one play where he jumped up, swatted down the pass, and he had the big hit in punt coverage that should have been fair caught. He got beat by Trey Tucker bad, like a drum. Michael Mayer is great. Michael Mayer is great.
1: That dude can play for my team any day. I mean, He's out, any there, with, day. out there with a groin injury still getting open like –
0: yeah, the he, move he put on Javon Hicks at the line of scrimmage, like that's a move Trey Tucker has.
1: You no, know, that that one was on fourth down towards the end. That one was on Cook.
0: There was one earlier on Hicks too, at the line where he kind of like, like,
1: like limp legging it almost, and yeah. still broke like went in and broke out and had five yards of separation. But that's you know, a dude. I, I think, but other
0: than those two guys. Where was Notre Dame better than Cincinnati, Dave? Nowhere.
1: And, and here's where I think it comes down to. I think you, you saw it and heard it with Indiana, and you saw it and heard it with Notre Dame. No matter what, these fans, media, whatever you want to say, they do not pay close enough attention to truly know the kind of talent that UC has. So they just revert back to the group of five American athletic conference. I don't care how good certain people say they are or what they're ranked. There's just no way that they can be better than us. That's the only, that's the only reason now. Because like if you legitimately sat down and watched UC play their first three games leading up to this game. And and you just took it as who has the better players? Who's been playing better? Now, obviously, more things go into that when you try to decide who's going to win a game. Sure. But if you just said who's playing better and who has the better players that are playing better as a team – I don't know how you come to the conclusion that it's Notre, that it was Notre Dame.
0: Who had the better offensive line? Clearly Cincinnati. Who had the better defensive line? Clearly Cincinnati. Who had the better linebackers? Clearly Cincinnati. You didn't respond to my picture that
1: I sent you today.
0: I, I laughed heartily. Heartily. I was driving at the time.
1: You should send that to Marcus and be like, Dave found your problem
0: no comment <laughs> 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 <coughs> who has the better cornerbacks
1: well i mean Cle- when you clearly the backfield, it's not even a question i mean and that's the who had better is, receivers like, clearly
0: cincinnati better quarterback let's not even get started there i would say notre dame has better running backs i would say because there's two of them
1: i would well, I agree would, i would say i don't I would say Kyron Williams is better than Jerome Ford. As much as I like Jerome Ford, like Kyron I don't Williams, think they're far off. No, I, I didn't say they weren't. But if we're just saying like yeah. who's better, okay,
0: like so, no, like, so Notre like, Dame is better running
1: back. Michael Mayer is a better tight end than what we have, but th- their second tight end is like non a non-existent person. He came in to block, right.
0: Basically, do they have a better tight end room in Cincinnati? No.
1: no. So, if we're just singly not in singular players, I mean, you can make the to, same
0: argument for safety,
1: right? But there's more to it than some singular players. That's when right. you have a good team, you don't have to worry about those singular players because you have good enough players to take advantage in the other areas. So, I mean, that's why I said it. I just think it's people just refuse to, whether it's admit, understand, comprehend. Like, they just don't want to believe it. Kind of like, you know, the guys, whether it was from Irish Illustrated or – Tim Prisner, Tim Pristner wrote it. Tim is the only guy
0: I, I saw right, saying
1: The guys from uh, The Athletic, like, thinking that they were going to score 30. Like, you clearly aren't watching or have not watched this defense. You right. I think that that offense that you know struggled against Wisconsin – Struggled against Purdue, struggled against Toledo, was going to turn around and score 30 on this defense. No chance. So, God. I don't like honestly, that's all I can. I mean, what else could it possibly be than, than ignorance, not, uh, not taking the time? Not doing
0: your homework.
1: Right. I mean, like, come on. And that's why I was so, I mean, like, I thought UC was going to be better than then coming into the season. That only intensified as I actually watched Notre Dame play and realized that they couldn't move the ball hardly at all against teams with competent defenses. Like how
0: like not consistently at least. They'd have one or two drives a game well, where sure, it would they would be
1: like they moved the ball very well in the first drive because it was scripted and those were their, their best plays. And then, you know, third interception, which if, if if Sauce wasn't there, it would have been intercepted by Hicks or Cook. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was getting to Kevin Austin in the back of the end zone if Sauce wasn't there. But, like, you had that drive, you had the 38-yard drive or whatever it was after the fumble, and you had the other, the 80-yard touchdown drive. That was the only drives of the game that were even close to, to UC, to, like, to significant scoring territory. I mean, they they opted to go for it on a fourth down instead of kicking like a 57 yard field goal. I think that was actually the drive that they threw the um threw the interception on, but because they were in that kind of no man's land. But yeah. like it wasn't like they went up and down the field and then got to the twenties and missed field goals and turned the ball over.
0: Which we've also seen teams do because it's really tough to score on this defense in close quarters. Right in the red zone. I, I just, I don't know. Like, how many times do they have to be a top 10 defense for people to realize they're a top 10 defense? And I know we talked a little bit about this on Saturday, but I'm going to say it again. Brian Kelly, after the game, say he underestimated Cincinnati's corners. Did he really say that? Yeah.
1: Like, in what in what sense? Like, in a press conference? or In the post-game press conference. I see. I didn't watch any of, like, the post-game stuff um, from their side of things. So, like, It's just an unbelievable statement to make.
0: He underestimated. We didn't realize how good their corners were. Marcus Freeman is your defensive coordinator. Mike Mickens is your cornerbacks coach. That's malpractice. They recruited all those guys. (laughs) That's my point. If you didn't understand how good Cincinnati's corners were, you're really bad at your job. I, just really bad at your job. I'm, I'm scrolling back through their board to try to find Brian Kelly's post-game quotes.
1: Um, but, so, I mean... So, here's here's a question, and I... The guy that runs the... One of the guys from the Temple 24-7 site reached out to me, and he kind of... He asked some kind of an interesting question, like, having to do with... You know, now that the, now that this is behind, you see, like what is kind of the mindset going forward? I mean, what what do you think is the mindset going forward? Because I said that it was kind of a, it would be a huge sigh of relief, almost. Because kind of because there was just so much talk and so much hype dating back to, like, as soon as last season was over, about the schedule and if they can get by Indiana and Notre Dame, what does this do for their playoff chances? And then, at, you know, as Notre Dame kept winning and turned into a top-ten matchup, like, I feel like it can be suffocating at times if that when that's all that you've been asked about for so long.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Here we go. We'll get back to that in just a second. We didn't think it was on the success that Cincinnati's corners had over the Notre Dame receivers. We didn't think it was going to be an advantage, but it certainly seemed to be an advantage. Again, that's something I need to look at as a coach. Did we do all the necessary things to put our kids in position to succeed? We do a press conference like this. It's easy to say whose fault is it? Why didn't they get open? Why didn't he get on the ball? Some of them might be exactly that Cincinnati did a really good job, but we watched a lot of film and we thought we had some matchups. Could be, Larry. we did a poor job of putting our kids in position to succeed. Michael Mayer did a great job of getting himself open. Avery Davis made some nice catches, but we have to get more production. Uh, where? Where did you watch and think I mean, we're better
1: than these guys? Sauce wiped out your number one wide receiver, not your number one option because Mayer is your number one option.
0: Yeah, but they're, they're boundary number one wide receiver. Like, they're he, X. He wiped out your your main wide receiver. They targeted him three times in the David entire game. Davis had three catches. But that's like, the other were side. All, were all of them really good? <laughs> Davis isn't, yeah. Made some night, like, all three of them. Davis isn't their ex-guy, though. It's um, Kenneth uh, Davis or something. Or Kenneth, I don't
1: know, no, it's Avery guy. Davis, Braylon Lindsey, and then Kevin Austin.
0: Number, Kevin Austin. He's the one
1: He's the one that Sauce basically wiped out. He had yeah. one catch for 17 yards. And I don't even think that was against It wasn't on Sauce. i um, But, like, what?
0: yeah, I just, I, I, did you not? Like, we, we thought the Marcus too, Freeman like, would be living with their offense to tell them what Cincinnati's defense could and, do, and they and just I, didn't do if, it. I don't think they didn't think is, to is, ask Marcus
1: alone in, in this thinking. How often do you really see like a coach after the game just be like, Yeah, they just they're just better than us? I get it in a game where the teams are supposed to be evenly matched, and we're pretty evenly matched, but like you see it when X team beats the poop out of Y team who's FCS or really really bad or something. Like when Shane Beamer said, like who's South Carolina's coach a couple weeks ago when Georgia beat him like 60 to 60, he's like. What, do you got, what did you guys think was going to happen? Like, they've got a roster full of four and five stars that are all going to be in the NBA or in the NFL, and we're, like, trying to rebuild this thing. Like, he was basically like, that's kind of what I thought was going to happen.
0: Yeah, they're better than us. <laughs> so,
1: like, just... If BK really didn't think that, then he has a, a delusional view of his own players, one, because those guys really weren't getting open against the other teams they were playing.
0: Yeah, two, that's the that's the great part an,
1: about it. It's just an idiotic statement to make on its own, considering at least one of UC's corners, from like an analytical and statistical standpoint, is doing something that like no corners ever done in the history of college football.
0: What not not allowing anyone to score ever in in, in the most past
1: happy era of college football ever?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, so back to back to what we were talking about. Yeah, I think there does have to be some relief because, but that's where you have to be careful, right? Like, that's where you have I to make sure. I'm not sure it's relief of like,
1: oh, now we just get to play a bunch of
0: slap. No, kicks. but I mean, like, you do have, you, there has to be a part of these kids. They're 18 to 22 year olds. All they have heard about is Indiana Notre Dame, Indiana Notre Dame, yeah, Indiana you, Notre Dame, Indiana Notre Dame. Them, if
1: you beat them, then, you know, you might be able to make, you know, make the playoffs and stuff. So, right. But that's, I think, where having these older kids, having, you know, a team, team that is so connected, hears that and understands it, but also doesn't dwell on it and realizes that none of that matters. None of that is possible if we don't take care of business the rest of
0: the way. Yeah, I mean, they know, and that's—I think—that's the beauty of of having Daz at the sitting at the front of that room, right? Like he's aware what they have to do to make things happen. So, you know, I, I'm not overly concerned about that, but I mean, the probably the the thing is though, like we, we've talked we talked about this in the previous show, Dave. When they take the field, they are going to have a significant advantage in talent over just about everyone left on the on the schedule. I mean, SMU's got a good deal of talent. I don't take that away from them. Um, UCF has talent, but without Gabriel, like they
1: just lost to Navy. They they are down a bunch of dudes, and it doesn't it's not sounding. Great. Their,
0: their their number one defender just entered the transfer portal today.
1: Well that's I mean that's the least of I think their worries like they've we'll get into it more next week, depending on what i what happens this week but um, but yeah, it's like Houston is playing you know they blew that game against Texas Tech, but they're playing kind of what I thought Houston could be. their defense is playing really, really well, um yeah. But like, but UC doesn't play them and wouldn't play them until the championship game, and if would probably play them at home.
0: So and Dana Holgers.
1: right? Um, <laughs> but you know what? Um, something I I looked at today too because we've got kind of the slow, you know, not kind of the slow start against Indiana, where I think Coach Fickle kind of talked about some of the things that may be attributed to that. That they did
0: themselves. I think the staff kind of messed that one up. And they right. That's up what I
1: mean. It. Like trying to huddle and wristband and all that stuff. And then, you know, the first quarter at Notre Dame was another slow start from the offense. Um, what do you think can be done, should be done to alleviate that? And how much of that is just, even with their records? I just looked at it before we jumped on here. In SP+, plus, which is just one metric, but I use it because, honestly, it's very easy to find, and it's, and it's very yeah. easy to, like, digest. Notre Dame's defense is, is 17th, and Indiana's is 35th, even with, you know, what Indiana has been. I mean, them getting blanked by Penn State didn't really have a ton to do with their defense. I mean, they still only allowed 24 points at Penn State. Right. So, like the last two weeks, they've gotten off the slow starts, but they've played on the higher end of the scale defenses and clearly better defenses than they're going to play in the conference. So, how much does that have to do with it, and how much of it is stuff that you think they could do better themselves? What do you think they could do better? Because I have a couple ideas on things I would like to see, but you know, what are your thoughts?
0: I think maybe they need to tighten up that initial script because I think they're trying some things at the start that aren't like their best things. Right. Like we just talked about like Notre Dame and Indiana, those, those opening drives where they went down the field and and Cincinnati stopped them. Um, I think they're trying to do, and and maybe I'm dead wrong on this, but just from my perspective, I think they're trying to do some things that you do after you open things up early and you're not getting into that quick rhythm, you know, you're not getting into that see, get get a cup, get a first down, get a second, first down, you know, start feeling good about yourself. And then you pour it on. I think they're trying to uh, get to like the second or third chapter of the playbook without doing the first chapter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's one thing. I think they're a little too pass-happy to start Early. the games. Um, because the evidence is Des really picks it up as the game goes on. But yeah. in both of those games, whether it's him, whether it's the, the individual calls that are being made, whether it's the defense, it just it just hasn't been clicking from, from go outside of Miami. I mean, even the Murray State game. That was another slow start. Um, I think they're running the ball up the middle too much. Like between the tackles, I would like to see Jerome Ford get to the outside. The wide receivers are very, very good blockers.
0: There was a play in the first half that the blocking down the field was just like, Oh my God.
1: Like if you want to put like, and I, I am a proponent, of putting Lenny and Josh on the field at the same time. If you put one of them in the slot, one of, and then a wide receiver out wide, you motion the other one across and run a toss sweep to Ford, like, get him outside. They don't do any of that. And maybe that's just not part of their package, not part of their game plan. I just think they, against Notre Dame especially, everything was between the tackles. And there was, there was nothing going on there for a long time. Now, he broke a couple when he was able to bounce them outside or make a guy miss in the hole. So, I, I think we should do that, be doing that. And I want to see, whether it's with him or with Chuck, the screen game. Like, teams are going to be so... They're, they're always going to be concerned about Dez. And... I feel like the screen game is a way to get some easy completions, get into some better down and distance situations because the team is awful on third down and that, that needs to be like cleaned up in a hurry. You can't keep having – and it's, against Notre Dame, it wasn't really because of penalties. It wasn't like they were behind the sticks from the jump but they're 112th nationally in third down conversion down in like the low 30%. And I'm just trying to think of ways to jumpstart the offense early and keep them out of, of third and long situations. And, and I think those are just, those are a couple ways that I, I feel would be able to help in, in that area.
0: Sorry. Also, as like you said, it's going to be a little different when you're not facing really good defenses.
1: Sure. But I don't think you should stop evolving and trying to work on things just because the defenses aren't going to be as good. That's fair. Like, I think those elements still need to be added to your game. And I don't think they're like, we're not like saying throw out the playbook and, and install some new system like like, with, here's a perfect example. Like, they ran four, they ran four verts out of two by two multiple times and were very, very successful on it. The pass to Lenny on the last drive was in four, was in all vert, two by two. A pass, one of the passes to Pierce, not one of the deep, deep ones, but one of the passes to him for
0: like Lenny up, Lenny yards. up the seam.
1: Right. I mean, the one on the last touchdown drive.
0: No, no, no. Earlier oh, in the game, oh, Lenny yes. straight up the, the, left, drive, left, the drive. The drive before hash, right before, half,
1: before yeah. the Trey Tucker pass. What if you ran a screen, a quick screen to Ford behind the verts on one of the sides? Yeah. Like you're clearing out space. Like you're you're you already have your blockers, two blockers downfield. You know, because they know it's going to be a screen. Yeah. And and it's like a quick, easy completion. And I feel like Dez, which he's done a very, very good job at with increasing his accuracy on the longer throws, has almost now, like, turned the play calling too far away from the stuff that he was really good at last year, which was – the digs and the hook routes and the screen and the slants and stuff like that. Like they don't run any of that RPO slant anymore. Um, like they don't run any of the tight end drag anymore. Maybe because teams have like seen it so many times are trying to take it away, but like, I feel like they ran a couple plays that I really liked where basically they just had Jordan Jones had a catch out of it. Michael Young had a catch out of it. Uh, Pierce had a catch out of it. Where it was basically just like go six yards hard. You're in the slot. Go six yards hard. Stop. Quick throw. Like just get those yards to put us in second and five, second and four, second and three. Instead of trying to make a thirty yard, you know, field throw, or you know, some big crosser or, or you know, play like that. I feel like and, we're, and the, and thing we're is, trying to hit too many shot plays now because he's gotten much better at it and we have a healthy Alec Pierce and Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker has really come on as a wide receiver threat that we've kind of like disregarded the bread and butter of what made the offense work so well last year.
0: Yeah. And you're, then you're doing a better job setting up those shot plays when you do more of the underneath more of the controlled stuff. So yeah. I don't disagree. Um, any other Notre Dame stuff you want to get into? I mean i I don't have a ton left, other than like just what a monumental day, what a um, what a, a I, great see. day to be a Bearcat.
1: I don't think Malik Van is getting enough pub for how he's playing right now. Like, Maje is I think, I think obviously fair. taking the attention, and Curtis Brooks is playing his
0: ass off as he, well. He's also not getting enough love for how well he's playing.
1: But, like, I mean, Malik has is doing way more than just setting an edge as a strong side
0: end. Um, no, he's taking advantage of single coverage, like we talked about he would need to do. Right. Because everybody's going to focus on myj It's going to open the door for Malik. Malik needs to take advantage of it, and he has. He's been great.
1: And then my other comment is, and I'll be getting way over my skis on this one, there is no way Deshaun Pace plays four years at UC. <laughs>
0: All right. No, no way. Is, is He's too much like what the NFL wants in that hybrid spot? I mean, have you seen a guy at his –
1: experience level age, whatever you want to say on the defensive side, ever at UC, be able to diagnose, be around the ball, defeat blocks, like be as sure of a tackler as he is. And that's something I'm going to get into after this little bit, but have you ever seen anybody defensively that is as advanced as he is just totally understanding what he's doing and being such a playmaker?
0: Uh, I think Jarrell was by year two. I thought Jarell was was really good. And I mean, I don't think he's been maybe as electric as Pace has been in some it's areas. But pace year one. He was here last year. Yeah, but I mean he played any games. I know, but he was like he was at least practicing. Like he, if it wasn't for Jarell, he would have played in all the games. Maybe. Right maybe he, he was he, uh, there was one point in, in camp he was pushing to be the starter
1: like he was running with the
0: twos and pushing right to be but the we're also assuming that
1: he would have gotten into the game and been able to do what they asked him to do and and done it at a high level where you weren't the weak spot in the defense where it then required some yeah
0: like, but that's what i'm saying like like he's had a year to work like to learn and work through i
1: just that. never thought that like he's a football player I mean, I thought it because I thought he was, like, really awesome coming out of high school and didn't agree with his rating. But, like, I mean, the dude just is all over the place.
0: Yeah, and, he's he's died in the wool bona fide football player. Like, not, it, it understands where the ball's going, what the offense is trying to do, plays with uh, an aggression that you love, plays with a passion that you love. Like, watching the kid play is fun.
1: And then I'll say this too, not Notre Dame game wise, but just defensively as a whole, that I don't think gets talked about enough is how good of tacklers these guys are. And it, it yeah. kind of came to my attention. I was listening to a podcast on the athletic with uh, Nicole Arbach and Michael Felder, and they were kind of talking about. Iowa's defense and UC's defense and how both of them are awesome, but the contrasting elements of them is Iowa plays basically all zone. Yeah. So the way Michael put it was like on every play, you have 22 eyes on the football and they are very, very good at rallying to the ball and, and stopping a play, you know, in its track, so to speak. He's like, UC plays predominantly man. So on any given play, you've only got half of your guys are actually watching the ball. It's not less. And so to not have, he's, he was like, they are one of the best tackling teams I've ever seen. Like to not have guys miss tackles when they're the only guy to make the tackle because half of the other guys are playing
0: man to man. That was one thing, I'm not going to lie, that was one concern I had going to Trestle. Not that I I didn't think he could teach tackling, but, like, with Freeman, it was such a laser focus on these guys being rock-solid, sure tacklers in space, and to the point that that they were making and that you're ultimately making as well, that's the only way you can play man. Right,
1: because, like, it really was... Crystal in the Indiana game when Pace had the 10 tackles because he would see the play and he would fire in the hole. And then there's always a fire in the hole. There's always a filler responsibility behind him in case he misses the tackle. And a lot of times that would be Hicks or cook. And he basically made the tackle every single time. And I remember there was one play where the filler was not there and if he would missed that tackle dude probably would have been out the gate 50 60 70 yard touchdown run but like that's how good you have to be at tackling and if you're going to play man is like because the filler is not always going to be there maybe they forgot maybe they misread the play maybe they got caught up in traffic like you have to be in man-to-man, su- such a good tackling team. And we talked last week about how we don't ever see, like, busted coverages. We don't ever see, like, terrible missed tackles and big games because guys are coming in with a shoulder and players are bouncing off of them or they're diving at ankles with their heads down and, you know, getting stiff on them. Like, the tackling that this team is able to do with not really hitting a ton because you just don't do that anymore And then still have the nuts to play man to man, you know whatever ninety percent of the time, you know that I think needs to be talked about more. And then it doesn't because people just don't people just assume. I guess I don't know.
0: Well, this is this goes exactly to what you're talking about, and it is it is clear when you look at Pace and Van Fossen that this is the design. Thirty-two tackles for Pace. How many do you think are unassisted?
1: He leads the team in
0: 20. Leads the team in unassisted tackles. 20 unassisted, 12 assisted. Beavers, 16 tackles, 13 assisted. DeBlanco, 13 tackles, 13 assisted. Brooks, 8 and 8. Van Fossen, 16 tackles, 4 assisted. So there's, there's there's you know, both gaps. are. Eight. Van Fossen also,
1: I listened to you guys Monday, Van Fossen also had two tfls
0: that, yeah he had two i don't know why they only listed him with one i, they have, I saw they two. had the michael
1: they had the michael mayor one and then he also had one on the screen to kyron yeah Wade.
0: yeah that, that's like, what i said at, way
1: out in space like there's no reason you would miss like that he made those plays the,
0: they were he was the only guy there <laughs> right they the, get on him, ty they shorted you a tackle for loss in that game let them know i don't know which one but one of them you didn't get credit for. You need to go back and have them check Yeah, that I mean, their
1: their tackling is exceptional. And it's part of the reason that we don't ever see teams have sustained drives. Because like most teams, you might not be just like breaking tackles left and right, but you turn a, a three yard gain into a five yard gain because you kind of squeeze out of a tackle. You turn a seven-yard gain into a ten-yard gain because the tackling is not great. You bounce off a guy, and then another guy comes in and cleans it up. Like that doesn't happen.
0: You're right. You're right. I wish I wish missed tackles was something they had on this sheet so that we could see how few they they're actually are.
1: Well, a good one would be I know they do it. PFF might have it. They have it in the NFL, like yards after contact like i'd like to know how many how many yeah rushing, but i just like to see individually. Yards. right but like how many rushing yards have they allowed after contact
0: it can't be many it can't be many all right are we uh are we are we are we, are we finished with with last week
1: yes i'm finished with last
0: week all right let's get uh, let's get to, let's get to temple Dirty, dirty Catholics. <laughs> Let's get to Temple uh, Friday night. Quick turnaround. Uh, I think it can be a good thing. I, I said this the other night too, Dave. What's to say about Notre Dame that Cincinnati came out of that clean?
1: Well, I mean, tough and nasty.
0: I, and the other guys aren't like.
1: Did they look tough and nasty to you?
0: No, they, they did not. <laughs> they did not. Um, Cincinnati came out of it, I, I won't even say relatively healthy, but going forward, they came out of it pretty pretty clean and, and didn't have a lot of guys that, that needed an extra couple days to be able to get into game prep for this week. Um, I, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing, Dave? That I saw Des Ritter have the absolute best throwing day in practice that I've seen him have in five years yesterday. Uh,
1: I think it's always a good thing. I mean, like I would never tell you that it's a bad thing when a guy is pre- playing well.
0: <laughs> I worry about like, okay, you wasted all those, you wasted all those perfect throws in practice on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't, but you know what I mean.
1: No, no, I mean like I think the. Turnaround is good. Like, I think – you. it's funny. Like, you hear coaches – they always want – you always want rest. But I feel like when you're playing well, you just want just enough rest, but we want to get back out there and keep playing. Yeah. Like, I think the turnaround is fine. Like, Notre Dame wasn't some, like, big plane ride from Houston or Dallas or something. I mean, they just bust back you know, home game Friday night, crowd's going to be, you know, hype, you know, first home game back in basically a month, a little, un- little under a month, you know, you just beat Notre Dame, like, yeah, get back out there and let's go. I mean, there's a, there's a natural, I, th- I don't want to, let down is not the right word to use, but like. There has to be a, a natural, like, somewhat of a easing or nonchalantness just because of the gravity of the entire situation. Like, I'm not saying they're going to take Temple any lighter, but that's where I think you rely on your vets and your coaches to – because over the long haul of the game, they'll, they'll figure it out. But it wouldn't totally surprise me if they had offensively, like, a little bit of struggles – just, just to start the game because things just aren't clicking because maybe you're anxious to get back out there and, and get going again. But I could be totally wrong too. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they came out just rocking and rolling either.
0: Um, what do the numbers tell you about Temple?
1: They're not any good. Or three and two days. Okay. They beat Akron and
0: Wagner. Memphis? Memphis beat Ole Miss?
1: Memphis beat Mississippi
0: State. Or Mississippi State, sorry. Big difference. That's what I meant. Yeah, big difference. (laughs) Sorry. My Uh, error. Sorry.
1: uh, And we're up 17-0 with five minutes to go in the first half. And then Temple went touchdown. Memphis fumbled on the second play. Touchdown, Temple. Like, got the ball back, drove down, kicked the field goal at the end of the half somehow. Scored 17 points in, like, the last five minutes. And then it was back and forth the rest of the way. The quarterback is good. I mean, he didn't luck into going to Georgia as like a four or five star recruit. It just didn't work out there. But when you get beat out by Stetson Bennett, I kind of question how good you are.
0: Stetson Uh, Bennett the third.
1: Yeah. But uh, they have some nice receivers. We'll see how healthy they are. It sounds like Jaden Blue has been a very good receiver for them. He's a little banged up. They've got another receiver that I'm not sure if he's playing. I think they've tailored their offense more to Mathis and his athleticism. They seem to be way more wide open than they've been in the past. Um, Rod Carey is like going for it on all cor- sorts of fourth downs. So I love that. And they went for five, on five fourth downs against Memphis, uh, converted three of them. I just – like, I think someone said that they had the most passing yards they've had in, like, 20 years against Memphis, (laughs) which seems wild. But I didn't think that he threw for that many yards. But um, the defense is not what I think we're used to seeing from a Temple defense. I mean, they got absolutely dump trucked in the opener against Rutgers.
0: Man, Rutgers pretty much just ran the ball on them, didn't they? Like yeah, Boston, right down Boston the throat College,
1: you know, had you know pretty much did whatever they wanted as well uh, in, in a lower-scoring game. But, like, I know the last few games have been close and they've won several of them, but I really think starting last year, like, main, a lot of the reason being, like, because of all the COVID stuff, like, UC would have absolutely beat the ever-living tar out of them last year. And I don't know if it's a ton different this year. Like, I do not see this being like one of, like, 2019, where we had to block an extra point and return it for two to basically win the game. You lost there in 2018. Yeah, I wish we could get Lorenz Mets this week to find out if uh, he was going to pay them any more revenge for celebrating <laughs> on our sideline re-
0: sideline i will break them
1: but i don't i don't know i just you see just like like we've said so many times like how are you how are you going to score
0: with their four star quarterback
1: <laughs> yeah i mean he threw for 322 yards he threw the ball 49 times right they ran the ball from a running back standpoint twelve times, nineteen. Yeah, not very many. Uh, he ran the ball four times for fifty three yards, along of thirty nine. I mean, they have some good players though, like Adam Anderson or Ahmad Anderson, is a Purdue transfer wide receiver. Jordan Smith had six for fifty five. Julio Barbone had 51 in a touchdown against Memphis. Jaden Blue's really good. Had an insane catch in that game for a touchdown. Like, sideline in the end zone, spinning, like reversing his body in one-handed catch was insane. But I just, I don't think the defense is what
0: it's been. Yeah, and even if their offense was great, like,
1: I mean let's let's be real, their offense isn't great. It's like hundred like a hundredth in SP plus.
0: Right. But I'm saying, even if their offense is much improved, like from what we're used to seeing from a temple offense. Right. Like, let's let's be real on on what we're doing here. They have another quarterback
1: that has played a little. I don't know if I'd call them a two-quarterback team though. Like
0: No, the 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 kid from Georgia got hurt, I think, or like was dinged up, so they had to use the other guy.
1: He's thrown 52 passes yeah so against memphis he only threw like one i think he threw one pass
0: yeah um i don't think it's a uh a two quarterback situation at all no but i mean if uc
1: does what they do i don't see this one being very close
0: how's their special teams
1: I I'd don't know. Needed, yeah. Okay. No okay, so. I will. Uh, I'll give you a, a quick. I'll do a quick little look here.
0: Let's All right.
1: See. Uh, kicker's good. Six to seven. Fifteen out of fifteen. Extra points. Punter's good. Forty-five yard average. Long of fifty-eight. Like one, they have three interceptions. Two of them by one guy, uh, who's a D end. That according pretty,
0: to,
1: according pretty, to the, according to this. So I mean,
0: pretty, pretty daggone good D end.
1: This might you know I'm just looking at my phone, so it might not be the most accurate thing. But uh, you know, a linebacker's got three sacks. but yeah, I I mean, there's not a ton to it. I mean, this is a, this is a, how does UC play game? Like UC is going to win by whatever UC wants to win by.
0: Whatever they allow themselves to win by.
1: Right. Well, like how do they play? Well, you know, and this is not a big, like, I don't, I would not say this is a big like temple determines the outcome type
0: thing. What time are you, uh, you're doing the work from home thing now. Does that allow you to cut out a little early? Or are you strict like five o'clock?
1: No, no. I will be, I'll be in my spot at four o'clock. Four
0: o'clock. <laughs> I like to hear that. Yeah. I, uh, because we're not doing Neos, might be able to
1: yeah, we're having, swing uh, uh, by. Philly cheesesteaks and mac Ooh. and cheese.
0: I love a good Philly cheesesteak. It,
1: it, it might be a Bearcat Journal reunion, as uh, we might have. I've extended the invitation. He has sounds hyped. Austin Gale. Oh wow! Of Pro Football Focus fame, and Mike Renner of The Bachelor fame, or Bachelorette, whatever, whichever one he was on that show.
0: The Bachelorette, because he was he he wasn't the main guy. He wasn't the main
1: guy. Uh, They are doing their PFF tailgate, UC Temple, and then doing Kentucky LSU Saturday. So I told Austin he's more than welcome to come to the tailgate.
0: That'll be pretty sweet. I'm Austin. I love Austin. Austin is a great dude.
1: Still has maybe one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. With his mom eating the pancakes and
0: hollowing out, <laughs> out
1: the middle and pouring the syrup in the middle. like
0: I mean, that's phenomenal.
1: It's I could not stop laughing when I heard it the first time on their podcast. When but you yeah, think
0: so. about it, it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, if you want to be a diabetic.
0: <laughs> look at me. look at you. I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't even do that. Well, the, the 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 syrup absorbs into the pancake far yeah, and too easily. She did, then she did it again to fill it back up.
1: Well, so yeah, she, got, so she has something to dunk the middle pieces in. But yeah, so jello shots, cheese steaks, mac and cheese. Who know? Who knows what else food will have?
0: I like it. Yep. There's Should a good chance. I would say. I would upgrade to a very good chance that I will, uh, I'll make my, unfortunately, probably only appearance. But now that you have heard the menu, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I, don't have the other stuff to do. Right. So yeah, you if I don't have there. the other stuff to do and I don't have to deal with, hopefully Kelly's not in the hospital at any point in time by Friday.
1: That would be a good
0: thing. That would be a good thing. So like, as long as I am free, When have I not come to the Simone family tailgate when I was free? Never. Never. So, me and my pops plan on us stopping by.
1: That's all. We'll have we'll have plenty as always.
0: Four o'clock, you say?
1: I yeah, I'm gonna leave here at three thirty, so I should be there around four.
0: I might. I don't know. I might have to wait for the kid to get home and then drop her off. Well, that's but
1: I'll be there till game time. Yeah.
0: Especially I, I, Austin's going to be there, especially I'd like I love I love hanging out with Boston. That's a What's that's a
1: it's
0: a, a great dude.
1: What is your take on the inevitability that has started to happen of UC playoff chatter now turning into UC the villain? I love it. Oh, I do too. I'm I I think it's great. I love watching people squirm and talk out both sides of their mouth about, I'm so tired of seeing Alabama and Clemson. We need new teams. But not that new team because they're going to take away a spot from from one of my teams or my conference. Right. You know.
0: I, I just love the whole, like, well, all Cincinnati's got to do is, is beat Indiana and Notre Dame. And they're
1: – And it puts them in position, which it never yeah. did. Like, that's the thing. No.
0: It was, that was still, lazy to begin with.
1: There is still, even with the quote-unquote chaos that has happened, like there is still a whole, whole lot that has to go right for them to be in a serious, serious consideration for that last spot. Yeah, because let's face
0: it, there's one.
1: Yeah, they're not getting the third spot, unless it's like every team in the country has lost two games besides them. You know, you have the Oregon game against Stanford was a huge, huge game because now it kind of, their layup is over. Like that was their mulligan. Yeah. Because even if they go, say they go 12 and 1 and win the Pac 12 with a win at Ohio State, like they're getting in. Probably. Oh, no, definitely. If Stanford's their only loss and they go 12 and 1 and have a win at Ohio State, which by the time the season is ending could be the best win anybody has outside of like Alabama or Georgia winning the SEC championship. Like they're getting it. Then you have the Big Ten that all of a sudden Michigan isn't terrible, Michigan State isn't terrible. Ohio State seems to have rebounded. So, like, while a lot of those teams play each other, somebody is going to come out on top. Yeah. Like, like just using this as an example say, Iowa beats Penn State, but then Penn State wins out and beats Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Like, you have two 12 and one, or two, yeah, two 12 and one. Big Ten teams, you still have to worry about Oklahoma. Like, if they go undefeated, as bad as they've played, like, who are they going to lose to? So if they go undefeated, they're getting in. So there is still, like, yes, we've done all we can do to this point, but it is still a statistical, you know.
0: Unlikelyhood.
1: Unlikely thing, which is why I've always just said over and over again, just keep winning. Just keep putting on the pressure. Don't worry about everybody else. Don't think that what happens in October is gonna carry all the way through to the end of November. Like, there is still, we are still very much hashtag team chaos. Like, this is not even close to being over. Because you know they're going to try every fucking way they can to move the goalposts, to come up with some new metric to say that. This this isn't as good as it was. Like we, you know, we've already heard it. Oh, the Indiana game's not that big. Well, why isn't why is Iowa getting credit for it then? Their big wins are Indiana, and Iowa State. Neither of those teams are any good. Right. So,
0: but so I'm well, not, but, but Iowa, Indiana, Indiana was good when Iowa beat
1: them. Right, but not when see did.
0: Yeah, because but Iowa a UC beat fan, them. They weren't any I, good.
1: But as a UC fan, like I've actually watched Iowa, and I can tell you that they are damn good. Irregardless their, their of, defense of, is damn of good. beating of beating Indiana and Iowa State. Like, I don't need to know that those teams are bad to look at Iowa and go, they're good. Right. That's the thing that the the hypocrisy about UC is like they're only good or they're not as good because these teams they like Notre Dame is not a great Notre Dame team, and Indiana see, they're terrible. Like, no, Iowa State is not a great Iowa State team like we thought they would be at the beginning of the season, and Indiana's not any good, but I don't say that Iowa isn't good because those teams are worse than we thought. But people say that about UC because Notre Dame's not as good as they thought, and Indiana's not as good as they thought. Right.
0: No, I I, I agree. I just it's it got my
1: my grammar police over here texting me that I used a an I used an incorrect word, which is a rarity for me because I'm a wordsmith, but you know, I, I don't need text messages saying that you know, you didn't use irregardless, isn't the word. Yeah, no kidding. You can't create your own destiny. And people that say I could care less well, is not right because you actually could care less. So, are you yeah. done? Whatever. <laughs> go, go, to the, go to the
0: grocery. <laughs> She's just sitting there correcting your grammar. Yeah, send me text.
1: (laughs) Send me text. It's just regardless. Irregardless is not a word.
0: Um, what's the uh, what's the over under? Well, first, well, okay. What's the over under? Where where are you at? What's the over under?
1: Um, Should be good beer drinking weather. Looks like the rain's gonna end in the morning.
0: Yeah. So it should be nice and comfortable. 70s, I think.
1: So I was I always thought the the uh Friday nighters were eight o'clock. And I was I was disappointed when I found out it was a seven. Yeah. That's gonna that's that hurts a little bit. We de- definitely have the jello shots again.
0: Of course. How could so, you not? I mean, I don't know, like uh because your aunt's not coming, that's how you could not. If your aunt wasn't coming, she's not coming. She's
1: jealous. not coming this week either. She has uh, Asian Asian Food Fest, which I hope everybody goes to this weekend down in uh, downtown. But uh, I don't know, six and a half, seven. I Feel like it'll be harder to hit the number hit hit the number on like a weekday seven o'clock game. It'll be real hard, yeah. real hard next week, but.
0: Don't get me started on that. That's UCF's fault.
1: But, like, do people do people not realize like when I send tweets out that I hate noon games and I don't care if it's on Ah. ABC? Like, I'm I'm selfish. This is all about me. Like, I don't I'm not concerned about you if you live out of state and you get to watch it on ABC or if that's good for recruits or whatever. Like, I don't care. It's
0: it's bad for recruiting. I I know. Right? Because they were. were
1: Fewer kids are going to be at the game because they have a game Friday night and it's harder to get them here for the game at noon.
0: Right. Not great for And you got to think in order to do the recruiting stuff, they get there at like nine thirty or 10.
1: Right. You're doing game
0: stuff. Yeah. They're down on the field 90 minutes before the game to watch the team warm up. Like you got to get to Cincinnati. Like, you, you know, if you live far away, you got to leave like after your game on Friday night to get here. So, noon is not great for recruiting it, you know it's good for the the state of cincinnati and the 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 area directly within like three hours of campus but other than that even if you're three hours away you got to leave at six thirty seven o'clock in the morning which yeah, it's... i don't know if you remember being a high school kid or not but you didn't like waking up at six six o'clock on a saturday morning after you played football on <laughs> friday night
1: no no, I mean, being on ABC is great, but like, I just don't like noon games. The coaches and players like them. Gets that out of the way. They would have noon games every week, I think, if they could. Right. The staff, the university wants 330 games. That's their best chance to get the most people on campus. Yeah. I like, I like night games. What can I say? But... uh, Um, sorry go ahead
0: sorry uh what were you gonna say i'll let you go
1: i didn't know if you wanted to if we were if we had if you had a question for me if you wanted to move to a new topic
0: oh i was gonna say how do you think it goes but i don't really need to i don't think i really need to
1: like the yeah too deep in my pregame no we already
0: we already set the over, over under i'm talking about the game itself like well this is where we uh, if you're new to this podcast, and I think you've been on it a few times, this is where we say, how does Dave think the game will go? Oh,
1: uh, I think I said I did a piece for answered some questions for the temple site. And I think I had the Bearcats winning 45 to 13.
0: That's probably in a, in a good ballpark. Um. All right. Uh, questions for you. No, I don't, I don't really think I have any questions for you. Do you have any questions for me
1: we can uh, talk we
0: can talk a little basketball i've, yes, I've been you, able to you,
1: uh, you have been around at least I've, one day
0: i popped in a couple days uh the one day i had to leave early for some home stuff to get some things taken care of um i've seen a lot of defensive work so far i, I haven't haven't been able to stay like through the end of practice where they start getting into some five on five but uh, I really like the energy. I really like the tempo. Well, hope, hopefully it goes better practice. than the
1: last guy because he said they worked on defense 75% of the time, and but, I say bullshit. I,
0: but I couldn't confirm or deny that because I was never there. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, it's a, you know, it's still it's still early, so there's still a lot of install. Uh, saw him installing some 5-on-0 offense. Uh, I like some of the, the concepts that I'm seeing initially, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing some of the North Carolina uh, history coming through and some of the ways what, that West does things. So I think that's good. Uh, and I really like watching him coach. Like it, it, he just has, like, he, he goes, he goes from Roy Williams to Mick and back in like, Two seconds, like it's it, 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 the one thing that it, like, and I, you know, I, everybody knows, I, like I'm a big McCronin guy. I thought Mick at times would get mad in practice, and it would like ruin his mood for the rest of practice. A lot of times, it like it, where he couldn't shake it, where he just stayed pissed off, right? And from the some of the stuff I've seen from West, like he does a really good job of going from pretty pissed off to like if they fix it, if they, you know, if they solve the, the problem that he was addressing, he's back to being positive again. He's back to upbeat and, and, you know, patting guys on the back and let's go and, and let's, let's keep this thing moving. I think he's frustrated to an extent because, you know, he had 10 years at Greensboro. So by like year four, year five, had things set and there wasn't a whole lot of that like you know we talked about the beginning of football camp right we were so impressed with the beginning of football camp because there was very little like rudimentary stuff right it was they jumped into 300 level classes like yeah, the day it's practice like started the, se-
1: the season never ended you just picked up from right. the last practice or
0: something there's a lot of 100 and 200 level classes that you're you're seeing right now in practice, right. which I'm sure drives the coach nuts uh, when he's not used to that. But that's I mean, obviously that's what's happening. Like this is a new team that you know is working on on figuring things out and learning the system and learning what's expected from them. So that's not a surprise. It's just watching it is interesting. If that makes sense, absolutely. Um, But I'm interested, as we get into uh, next week, you know, you're getting ready for, hypothetically, going up against somebody else.
1: Hypothetically. Hypothetically.
0: Hypothetically. Making a trip down a road in Indiana that everybody was pissed off about three weeks ago. That
1: was Uh, the thing that was the easiest for my trip.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because you listened to me, and you left at 6 o'clock in the morning. The people that left at 7 did not have the experience that you had.
1: Yeah, well. I Uh, saw a couple visitors this week for the football game.
0: Yeah, I'm working on that. I, I don't like, because things change so fast with high school kids. I don't like confirming that stuff until we get a little bit closer, which we are getting a little bit closer now with a Friday kickoff. Um, so that'll probably be something I delve into a little bit more tomorrow. So uh, Brent Brett, and I will work on that and uh, get you updates on the board as we get closer to Friday. With that information, we'll do the same with a uh, a football visitor list. Uh, as Where we get closer. do you think
1: uh, with three commits now – for the 2020, what, three?
0: Two, 22. Two
1: basketball class. What is, what is the priority at this
0: point? I think the, the clear priority is you have to find in the portal a big man.
1: So probably, you're gonna, probably done with the high school kids?
0: I would think so, yeah. I mean, there aren't many other 2022 names we've heard. They kind of hit, they they hit on their two guys. You know, those are the only two high school guys that visited, and they hit on both of them.
1: They had the two JC guys. Is there is? are those guys probably out? Well,
0: one's, one's committed to Mississippi State.
1: Oh, I didn't, I didn't see
0: that. And the other, as I mentioned, Deshaun Nelson, I think, was a guy that made a lot of sense when you were going to be playing in the American. I don't think he makes nearly as much sense going into the big 12, you know, and, and that's not a, a knock on Deshaun Nelson. I just think there's probably some more development, some more time needed with a kid like that. And you don't have a lot of it because in 2023, you're going to be playing in the big 12, <laughs> right? Like
1: sure. the rubber
0: meets the road real soon. So um, no, I think there, and, and, and you have your two wings, like you have your, your, your guard, your guard, wing guard, and you have your wing forward. Um, so I think they're probably, and you have a a young big man in Sage. I don't want him to get lost in the shuffle and all this, because that's, that unfortunately is sometimes what happens to the kid that commits first, like, you know, you get, you get new toys, you get new presents under the tree and you forget about the one that you opened first, even if it was a really good present. Um, but uh, I, I think we're probably done unless something just jumps out of nowhere on the high school front I think I think you're probably where you uh you have seen what you need to see from high school and and you'll be moving on to the college or the 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 transfer portal ranks
1: do you do you anticipate any uh official football visitors or do you think this will be like more 2023 2024
0: younger kids I still think this will be younger kids um anymore like it'll just be hard see to a just, whole lot of
1: well, and friday night like they have games
0: yeah and you just don't see a whole lot of game visitors official visitors anymore
1: no because
0: they they do the official visits in the summer and then they do the official visits uh after the season ends before the bowl game they have those two three weeks and then they have a, a, a couple right. weeks in in january that's where most of the official visits are getting used these days um so you don't see a lot of them happening uh, during the season like you used to.
1: Any, any sense of how the newly ratified, accepted uh, recruiting rule with the seven additional spots?
0: Potential seven additional spots. Right. Where I think that's interesting is, is it, apparently it's effective like now.
1: Right. So – I haven't read into it like, but the, you still have the eighty-five rule, though, right?
0: Yeah, and I, I could have been reading this wrong. I haven't uh, like dug into it completely yet, but my understanding is it is like the clock starts now, not retroactive to like you know June or July when the, when the when the clock the season started or the, you know what i mean yes so it's seven transfers from now until like signing day that's well, a lot of transfers from now i until thought it sign, was like,
1: just seven more spots i didn't think it was just you
0: have to have spots open in order to create new spots oh okay so you have to have guys enter the transfer portal in order for you to get a spot back right. up to seven okay and it's it's seven
1: Right, it's to keep things from happening like what happened at Tennessee where you had like 28- A mass
0: exodus, yeah. Leave.
1: There's no way you had enough spots to, to go one for one with that.
0: Yeah. But I, I thought it was going to like like date back to like earlier.
1: Yeah, I, I, I admittedly have not even like clicked on an article to to really dig into what it actually means. Like, I didn't think it meant –
0: I read through a couple things yesterday, but I didn't, like, deep dive on it. I just thought it meant, like, basically from the start of the 2022 class cycle, if you had kids transfer all the way through, that those would count. But I guess they start counting now, um, and they would cover – Basically guys that enter the transfer portal, like when your regular season ends or, right. you know, so what will be interesting is, um, and I, I need to look more into this as well, but where it could change things is that second signing period, right? Yeah. Because you could, you could be where you need to be and then right before that first signing, like between that first signing period and the second signing period, which is the end of the season and the bowl game, you have guys enter the portal. And then all of a sudden you've got four, five, six spots to play with uh, on the second signing day that you didn't have at all. Now, where I think one, you are going to have to be conscious of your own 85, which for Cincinnati this year, it's an old team, man. It's an old team. So, you know, you're not I don't think you're going to have to worry too much about figuring out how to get to the 85 because you're going to have a lot of guys that are that are gone. Right. Um but it it 30 like 30 32 high school prospects coming into your program is too much. It's too much. Yeah. Like you're you're forcing the core of your like the the a large chunk of your 85 to be young guys if you got and think about the numbers on that. What, 30, 30, 35% quick public school math, if you bring 30 freshmen into an 85 scholarship limit? Carry the one. 25, 30, somewhere in there? Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot of your roster being freshmen. So um, I think those would be like, like portal openings, portal additions that you would be. Focusing on there more than you would high school.
1: With all of the seniors and super seniors, and even some juniors that might have an opportunity, do you think we'll see a much higher number of transfers than we have in the past, or do you still think they'll maybe less? Right, they'll play it play it the, the same and only really use it for very specific
0: needs. I think the where this program's at still very specific needs is the the focus right I mean
1: yeah do you think you need a trans do you think you need a transfer quarterback
0: I think that depends on where you feel you're at with Brady Lichtenberg right
1: right but I mean like a guy that maybe knows that he's probably not going to be the starter but this is a better opportunity than, like, I don't know. I'm just looking at it like, you got, I mean, I know we're putting the cart before the horse, but like, you're rolling quarterback next year with like guys that have had this, basically the same number of snaps as me and you.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why I think it's important for, for them to get their read on Brady. Uh, I do think it probably makes sense to bring in maybe a grad transfer that's like transferring up and you're saying, look, you know, we want you to come in and push Evan, but uh, the reality is is you're probably going to be his backup, but you're going to be one snap away from getting the keys to a pretty nice car. Yeah. So that, that'll be interesting. I mean, I I haven't really talked to many people about like that line of thinking yet. No, I mean,
1: we're so far away. It's just interesting. Like, how many guys that play such key roles will not be here next year? Like and there's no reason for us to think about that now, but like it's basically the whole starting but if you're point. if
0: you're working in recruiting, right? you gotta be like you that's your job is to start thinking ahead to exactly. You know, you lose almost your whole defensive line, you're gonna lose most of your linebackers, you're gonna lose most of your secondary, you're gonna lose your quarterback you're gonna maybe lose your running back you're gonna lose your number one wide receiver
1: and you're You're gonna lose one or or two two.
0: yeah and your number two wide receiver and you're gonna lose one maybe two of your tight ends now offensive line will feel pretty good about itself which would be interesting to see that go from the question mark to you know feeling yeah feeling that that that's a, a definite strength going into next year but you're not recruiting offensive line to find starters anyway unless you're yeah. dipping into the portal. So, yeah. Um, I don't think I have a whole lot else. You?
1: No, not really. Okay. Not really.
0: What... Do you, do you want to since they'll kind of overlap, you want to talk about the, uh, what's happening tonight and give your thoughts on that? Sure. So we, we started a new message board today, called it the banks. It's kind of the off topic board. Um, I think it'll be a good place to open up. Uh, You know, we've got some people that like to, to goof around and take a little more lighthearted approach to the message board. Um, I think that's a good place for that. I think it's a good place for to talk about food. I think it's a good place to talk about the Reds and the Bengals and other things happening around Cincinnati that don't relate to politics. Um, and tonight, our guy Aaron Smith, One of the way I found Aaron, or Aaron found me, he kind of stalked me for being – before keeping it a hundred, as quadri-, quadri more I would say, um, was through the Pardon My Take podcast, and Ed and and Jeff and Aaron do a really good job. It's it's cincy sports centric. Uh, they have a lot of good guests, but they talk Reds, they talk Bengals, they talk Bearcats. Uh, they 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 cover the city pretty well. I enjoy the podcast. I think it's very entertaining. Uh, I like the chemistry and the flow between those three guys. Uh, so we're bringing them into the, the umbrella. Like they're, they're still going to be on their uh, channels, Apple, SoundCloud, all that. Uh, but you'll be able to find them on the front page. Uh, when they talk Bearcats, I will link them to the correct uh, board that they're addressing uh, when they just talk Reds and Bengals, they'll be on the Banks board. Um, but it's kind of, for me, my thought process is, uh, if we're going to add a new board, we might as well put some damn content on it, right? I, 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 I don't want to just have a board to have a board. Uh, so I think that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. Um, I think it also opens up to the possibility of if people want to do... Uh, Some Reds content or some Bengals content. You want to, you want to do a little writing. uh, If you've got a writing background or if you know, you know, how to construct sentences and paragraphs and things of that nature. um, I think there will be an opportunity for that. Um, I'm contemplating Dave. Some of that stuff I, I, we could put on the front page or we can just put it on that board specifically uh, to where people coming to the homepage still just get, uh, the Bearcat content, uh, pardon my, pardon the punctuation will be on the front page because they're partnering with us. Uh, but like, uh, you know, if you got a, a, an itch to, to write and get your opinion out there, maybe hit me up and we'll, uh, we'll take some, some samples. Uh, but I think it's something, a chance to do something a little, a little fun, a little different and break things up. I, I think it'll be something good, like, especially in the off season when you get those slow months, uh, to have a little bit more content, a little bit more uh, activity uh, and a little bit different place for the community con- to continue to grow. Uh, and also to take some of that stuff off of the football and the basketball boards and put it in its own board. Give it its own place to breathe and have a home uh, and, and keep the, the UC stuff more UC centric. So that's kind of my thought. We you think you're going to be over there talking some bangles
1: maybe give it a give it a look i like i like it though get some get some more voices
0: oh oh i yeah. forgot to add one thing this is a members only board Ooh. this is Ooh. this is not open to the public the other boards you can post for free uh because of the volatility of off-topic stuff i want this to be for our little bubble i want this to be kind of like uh extra credit like a bonus for bearcat journal members that they get this other board. Does that change your opinion of it? No,
1: nope. I mean, I nope. like it, I like, I like it even more.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I was hoping.
1: I like, like I, like I, I was more. asked
0: that question and I, I contemplated it from the folks at 24 seven. So you know what, I think it works as kind of a, a VIP perk for being a member of Bearcat Journal um, that, that you can pop in there and, and kind of, I, I kind of guess I think of it this this way, it's more like our own, like, internal social media channel. Sure. You know, you, you can get your get, get your hot takes off in there a little bit uh, that aren't UC-related. You've got a place to, uh, to go. So that's what's happening tonight. Uh, check out the banks. If you go to the, the boards, drop down. Um, the, the banks is there, and you can go check it out. I know Skins is already there doing – Irreparable damage to our reputation.
1: It's already been shut down.
0: <laughs> I was wondering, like you, you wanted to know when you were going to be on <coughs> on PTP, <coughs> but <coughs> excuse me, they uh, they record late, like they record after Dave's bedtime.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they're if they're recording at like nine something, there's there's no chance.
0: You know the 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 first guest on pardon the punctuation as part of the bcj network did you see that
1: no i did not tony pike oh man coming. see now it's all downhill from here
0: no they've done like they've had sean casey on their podcast I know what i'm saying like, like
1: they... you, you came out swinging and
0: yeah that, that's what i like from those guys that's right
1: that's right but no recording a podcast after like 9 30 you're out of your freaking mind that i would do something like that
0: that's one of the reasons you have no intention of doing two-hour podcasts here, is because they just take too long.
1: Exactly. No, but uh, I, I do have—I have a question, an off-topic food-related question for you. Okay. I am birthday is Sunday, so I'm going to a. I won't call it a Cincinnati staple because it is not in Cincinnati per se.
0: So Moe's birthday, I love this. Moe's birthday was last Sunday.
1: It was the third.
0: The third. Your birthday is the 10th. 10th. This next Sunday. And then my birthday is the 17th, the following Sunday. So
1: anybody that wants so- to bring gifts up to campus, <laughs> green roof, <laughs> Friday night, you're more than welcome. I accept all forms of cash and beer.
0: You want to you wanna give them your Venmo? They can Venmo you?
1: yeah that's i'm sure i would get tons of donations uh but i i'm have not been to this place yet and i'm very very excited and i wanted to get your opinion uh i'll be making my maiden voyage to waltz hitching post
0: Ooh, yeah I'm a big fan of waltz a lot of good stuff at waltz um
1: yeah there is their, their menu is is very diverse
0: yes there's a lot of good stuff at waltz um, <laughs> they're, kind of
1: they're kind of all over the place
0: the ribs are very good. Uh, I generally am a bone and ribeye guy when I go to Waltz. That's
1: my own. That's the only steak I get anywhere.
0: Yeah, I'm a bone and ribeye ribeye guy. Like that's the only reason I don't get a bone and ribeye is if you don't have a bone and ribeye on you, yeah. then I just get a regular ribeye.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's also that's also my thinking.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I get the bone and ribeye. Uh, it's reasonably priced. It's not like crazy. I think nope, it's like it's, forty, forty six dollars, forty eight dollars, yeah, something it's like, 50, like that.
1: Fifty bucks now, I think. But yeah, uh, really it's not. it's
0: right in that range. Uh, it's very good. Um, they're Uh, th- do you like rye bread? I
1: love rye bread.
0: They give you rye bread at the table, a loaf of rye bread with butter. Um, are you a salad guy?
1: I mean, I guess, sure. They
0: have they have hot slaw. You know how I, hot I slaw saw, is. I
1: saw that. Yeah. I've, I uh, I enjoy good hot it's slaw. It's just it's
0: just it's just cabbage with bacon grease, is what hot slaw oh, Yeah, it's, yeah. Which yeah. is delicious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I mean, they got a raw raw bar, you know, the salad, the you know, I, I noticed you don't see this very often. They have escargot, which I love.
0: You're a snail guy.
1: Love it. And they also have foie gras, which I love. They
0: do, they do so. It's an eclectic, like it's, it's, it's been around forever. It's like an old, like, uh, you
1: have the steaks, but then they're, they also say they're known for like the ribs and then the fried chicken
0: fried chicken is very good. Uh, but I, I don't know that I I get the fried chicken quite a bit. Um, if we do, do we do takeout? Uh, but if I'm eating there, I I, I don't do, I don't do steak when I do takeout because you can't get a steak and bring it home. No, like, that's not uh, how it works.
1: No, uh, I'm definitely getting the stick, but. Okay. You know, but, but yes, I have. Uh, so we have the game Friday. Then my parents are t- watching Will on Saturday. I'm going to see the new Bond Saturday afternoon by myself, which I'm very much looking forward to.
0: Are you going to bread bar before, before the movie? Or would you sleep through the movie?
1: No, I'm not going to Red Bar before the movie because I have to drop my kid off and the movie's at noon.
0: Okay. And it's the only- problem with the only thing I don't like about Bread Bar is it closes at two.
1: And like the, it's, uh, a,
0: it's a lunch place only.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the new Bond is almost three hours.
0: Your wife is not a Bond?
1: No. She, she, I, she went to see um, Skyfall. And when Javier Bardin took his Jaw out, (laughs) she she did not enjoy that. So she said, "I'm out." So, but she's fine with it because she loves to sleep. So, like, Will won't be here; she can take a nap while I'm gone. Yeah. So then I'm gonna come back, maybe take a nap, maybe just watch some football, and then go to dinner. And then after dinner, we're gonna watch the new Chappelle stand up that came out yesterday. I watched it
0: last night. Um,
1: Don't I don't want I don't want any. Reaction, good or bad, indifferent, whatever.
0: Okay, I love Chappelle, so, so, you'll, so, you'll, I, enjoy so yeah. you'll enjoy it. you enjoy it. But uh, I, can I can I recommend while you're on the, the this side of the river to go uh, after you get dinner? What time is your reservation? Or what time are you going for, to dinner? Do you know?
1: Seven
0: forty-five. Oh, it might be too late.
1: Yeah,
0: that's unfortunate. I was going to tell you to stop by my my buddy's gelato place in Covington. But I think they close at nine, and you're probably not going to be out of
1: there by yeah, nine. Yeah, no way, no way. But uh, Golden
0: Gelato in Covington, if you want, we stopped there today because Kelly, like I said, hasn't had any, uh, hasn't really had any sweets in a month. And they had a uh, they had a pumpkin roll gelato mm-hmm. that Kelly got. That was she said was amazing. I got the uh, you know the airplane cookies, the Biscoff cookies.
1: cookies. Yes, I do. No, they, they make
0: a well. gelato. They make a gelato with the Biscoff cookies, that is.
1: Have you had... Have you gotten the uh, the Biscoff cookie butter?
0: No. Where do you get that at? At Kroger. Oh, really? So they in have... In the, in the butter department?
1: No, it's like... It's basically like peanut butter, but made out of oh. cookies. So you could put it on an English muffin, put it on How toast. do you get
0: butter out of... Co- like? you just grind up some cookies and all of a sudden you got butter add
1: some oil or whatever. Yeah. It's, I mean, I love those cookies, but that, and that stuff is insanely good too.
0: Like, so you definitely need to go. If you love those cookies, you need to go, go to Golden. Oh, gelato I usually get, get like, a.
1: I usually get like a sleeve of them in my stocking every year at Christmas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, I got to set you up. the guy, Joe, Joe, is that the guy that owns the place is actually the guy that was the official in our wedding. Oh, okay. So Joe and I go way, way, way back. And yeah. uh, if oh, you're yeah. in Covington and you got a sweet tooth, go to Golden Gelato. They have that like they Joe's crazy. So they tries like uh, the alchemist of gelato. I think they had a fresh plum sorbet uh, there today. They, they do something called Straticella, which is like Italian cookies and cream. Um, they do a lemon cookie. That's awesome. Like they rotate like 30 flavors.
1: I will so, say this as well. For anybody that lives, it doesn't have to be in my neck of the woods. But, I mean, you're not going to drive too far. Amelia, Batavia, Milford. For my birthday, my wife got me some Buckeyes. For my I believe, love I believe a Buckeyes. woman that lives in our neighborhood and makes she them. Just,
0: she just sells them out of her house?
1: Yeah. Tw- two dozen of them for 20 bucks. Who? They are, without a doubt, the best Buckeye that I have ever had. Come on now. Chad, I joke about very few things. Food is never one of them. The peanut butter, I have no idea how this woman got it so smooth and silky, but it is, it's like no Buckeye I've ever
0: had. So let Rachel know that my birthday is the weekend of the UCF game. Okay. Is she there still, Rachel? No, she's
1: at the grocery.
0: Okay, let her know that I will. I accept. So we still so we
1: I'll I'll see if I can. I don't know. if This lady makes them like whenever she feels like it. If she makes them constantly, I will have Rachel reach out and see if we can get you some for your birthday, and I will bring them to the tailgate uh, on Sun on Saturday if I can get the. Them. the
0: The only problem with that is I'll
1: bring, I will bring, I just got them today. So I'm not going to eat two dozen of them before Friday night. So I will bring, bring you one. I will bring some to the game.
0: Wow. The best Buckeyes you've ever had.
1: The the peanut butter is like on a whole nother level. It's, it's insanely good.
0: (laughs) This is such a fat boy podcast. Well,
1: oh, I mean, that was a name that I originally thought we could call it.
0: <laughs> the Fat Boy Podcast. No, t- t- the Two Husky Boys. <laughs> That's right. You did recommend that. I'm not, I'm not fat. I'm just husky. I would just be afraid that, at that when we started, it would have been considered like a Yukon podcast or something. <laughs> it's a great name for a Yukon podcast. Yeah, if there's if, anybody if still out there talking Yukon like football. If you'd
1: like this woman's contact info about Buckeyes, hit me up. You you know where to find me on the Twitter on the uh,
0: message board. At border. Bearcat Journal.
1: Yes, at Bearcat Journal. Although I, right. guarantee, I guarantee there is someone listening right now that thinks that you run the Bearcat Journal Twitter page.
0: I do not. Fun fact: I do not a, at least run once that page
1: a week or once every other week. I get a uh, something about Chad. Hey Chad. Like, hey I'm Chad. Like, this ain't Chad. <laughs> he has his own every- Twitter page. Like.
0: Why do Every, people not understand that? I don't know. Every once in a while, I'll accidentally post on the BCJ account. Do you ever notice that that happens?
1: Well, yeah, because like sometimes I'll retweet something and it'll be like retweeting Bearcat Journal. I'm like,
0: I didn't post that. <laughs> I, re- I I tweeted the Sunny Styles offer from the Bearcat Journal account.
1: Yes, yeah. but no, that like that was my this my. I bad. have my own account, but I don't post really anything about UC on it. Because I run the Bearcat
0: Journal page. Right. That's why I didn't need to run the Bearcat Journal page. I already run the Chad Brendel page.
1: So I'm sure people that like started following me personally that didn't know that I ran the Bearcat Journal page also are like, this guy never talks about UC.
0: How does he work for Bearcat Journal? He never talks about UC uh, because I run the Bearcat Journal page. (laughs) Some people right now, their minds are like, wait, Dave runs the Bearcat Journal page? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's to keep. Uh, part of it, a big part of it, is just to keep you out of trouble. Yeah, I don't need to be doing my thing on the Bearcat <laughs> Journal page.
1: You don't need to be that way. Inciting riots on the Bearcat Journal page, right?
0: And when and then people, when they come at me, they're like, "Talk about UC," and I'm like, "Follow Bearcat Journal." <laughs>
1: He talks You're about following it the wrong account. He talks about it plenty. And basically, no matter what you say, he won't engage with
0: you. So, <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. That's the problem is you don't engage with them. They like my account because I engage until I engage specifically that, with but see, them. That's, that's and then they're like, is,
1: whoa, not me, not me. I think it bothers people more when they say something to you and you don't like come back at them. Because they're just yeah. like they say something, and they're expecting like a comeback.
0: Well, especially if they think I run it.
1: And I'm just like, not even wasting my time.
0: Not because you, I come back at I come back at pretty much everybody.
1: You you are beneath me.
0: <laughs>
1: you think I'm going to get in some the only thing I respond to is when and this happens all the time, is like two or three people will be going back and forth based off of a tweet that I sent, and then they just keep fighting with each other and keeping me in the conversation and finally i have to be like please remove me from this idiotic discussion that i have not commented on one time
0: <laughs> all right well i got to get out of here because apparently I, I got another podcast
1: are you like on the on. whole thing or are you just like no tony's to- on so i don't want
0: to i don't want inter- to inter- interfere with their time with tony
1: i thought they just posted that already
0: No, they're well. They're they they do theirs live on YouTube. Oh,
1: like a YouTube thing? Okay.
0: Yeah, they do. They do StreamYard. They go live on YouTube. We uh, like while they're recording. Nah, I'm not. I don't want to do that. There's too many things that potentially happen during this podcast where we got to stop, or I got to go downstairs and deal with the 11 year old or the dogs or. something where going live is just not the uh it's not the brand of this podcast Uh, (laughs) (laughs) kelly's always walking around in the background behind me
1: nobody wants to look at us anyway like let's be
0: honest no i've got a face for podcasts it's just the podcasts have gone video now like most podcasts do put out is it
1: it really a podcast though at that point
0: no then it's a vlog right
1: Right, because it's live. Like podcast, right. the whole point of the podcast was like you could listen to it. At like it's not a live recording.
0: Well, but everybody does both now. Everybody re- releases the audio, and then because right. of the Zoom, because Zoom has become such a thing, and and, and
1: with YouTube,
0: yeah. So people just go live, and then yeah. they release the audio afterwards. But eh, I like the, I like I, I like remaining at least one foot in the. In the ground, as old school.
1: I'm kind of disappointed us though. We went, we've gone almost two hours, and an hour
0: and forty five minutes. Neither roughly. of us
1: brought up finger guns, Meyer. And when you have I mean, these, two juveniles like me and you, that's that's saying <laughs> that's saying something.
0: Look, you know, sometimes hey, some,
1: sometimes you just gotta check somebody's oil.
0: Yes, <laughs> see, see see if they're low. What if they're low?
1: hey you see a nice butt you want to see if there's any oil left
0: (laughs) if they're low like they they need to get it checked out it's just a it's a service service call
1: that's that that guy i mean not that you any uc fan ever had to was ever wondering if he was a total complete scumbag but
0: yeah that's why i didn't get into it i'll i'll keep my name clear of that one.
1: (laughs) Whatever.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to go check the oil of another podcast.
1: (laughs) You're going to say something else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next week. We'll see you Friday night. And then we'll see you again next week. It's the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail. Right here on BearcatJournal.com.